We are back. It's the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. What was that? That is was that my, your, Is that your new year? Wait, is this our first episode of the new year? Is it? Let's no. say the ninth. No. No. Yeah, we, we did already, one last Oh, week. wait. We recorded on New Year's. We recorded on New what Year's idiot Day. I am. I mean, we were super hungover. I think if you listen to that that like recording, you could tell that we're all just like death. We are death. Like we we, we don't sound good Fun at night. all. Fun night. Which is funny. Tim because, hosted. Oh, yeah. I hosted the podcast. I also hosted... Uh, I also hosted party. New Year's Eve. Yeah, it was fun. We had a pizza party with pizza party. You keep telling that joke and it gets worse every time. <laughs> it's great. Um, if you notice, Jason's not on the podcast. He's still here, but he's sick as a dog. Fucking asshole. And if he, you ask me to get in the same room as him, I'm going to tell you, hell to the no, no, no. Hell to the no. We got an exciting show for you guys today. That was mad standard, mad basic of me, but it's true. We got a special guest, Nick DeLam Deus from Veterans Minimum Fame is going to be joining us. He is a the one and only special uh, guest because he is a DFS pro. And we're going to be talking to him about DFS and about what to do if you want to play DFS because we know we're a yearly fantasy show, but you guys can't get enough of us. We appreciate it. Fun Thank convo. you. And yeah, it was a fun convo. We, we did it in advance, just so you know. I mean, we always do. A little peek behind the curtain. We don't, uh, we don't hide it. <laughs> we're transparent with Transparency. our folks. So, um... What was I going to say, Michael? You made me figure out what I was going to say. It was fun. So we're talking about DFS, and if you guys, you're yearly, if you guys are obviously a yearly crowd, but you want to listen to us, and we're giving you advice on who to play this weekend, you should know in what context to play them in, because we don't give you that context. We're not DFS player players, so he's going to give you that context. We're also going to talk to him about some of the coaching changes in the NFL. Three new coaches, hire three new head coaches, so um, big waves around the NFL. Mike, you ready to get started? Always. All right. Um, just like Jason, we're getting, we're ready to get at you. Wow. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins uh, 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 now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Don't even act like that wasn't mad clever. Get at you. Yellow Ferrari like Pikachu. Um, Yo, my hamstrings hurt like crazy right now. That's, that was just my a thought in my head that made it to my mouth. Maybe I don't know you need why. to stretch. Nah, I don't know what's going on, bro. I, I'm 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 hitting these rings. I Michael and Jason, shout out to Michael and Jason. They got me an iWatch for my birthday slash Christmas. For Apple you, Watch. Apple Watch. For those of you who don't know, I'm a Christmas baby, born on Christmas Day. So they combined their powers and they got me this, which I very much appreciate. It's something that was always like something I kind of wanted, but it's something that was out of my price range because it was just like a luxury. And they got it for me, so I appreciate that. And I've been closing these fucking rings, bro, every day. I've been standing for 13, 12 hours. Boom. I exercised 48 minutes today uh, instead of 30. Boom. And I moved uh, 1,097 calories. Burned. Boom. By walking? There's no way that's right. Nah, it's true. Everything's true here. I don't know. It's science. calories. I, I worked out for 48 minutes. Oh, you worked out. Well, I didn't work out. Working out in this one, like if I go up the stairs, it'll give me like two minutes of working out. Like it's kind of like that. But, um... I actually did exercise for 30 minutes today. So, good for you, guy. Boom. Um, you want to get into this Nick interview first? Let's do it. So, let's, let's get it. into this Nick interview. We also discussed the, well, you'll find out shortly, uh, some of the new head coaching hires. Yeah, so we're talking about the head coaching hires. We're talking about uh, strategies in DFS. He he gives a little bit of a of a insight on how you can win in DFS and what to look for. So, let's get into that interview with Nick now, and then we'll come back with a preview of the uh, divisional round this is called right i know i know what i don't know whatever they're named yeesh yeah the divisional round the wild card round divisional round championship round super bowl there you go um vikings at 49ers titans at ravens texans at chiefs seahawks at packers which is interesting because this is the last eight team standings but i don't feel like these are the best eight teams in the nfl this year so it's going to be a wild playoffs coming up and we're going to pre- be previewing it but first here's the special guest nick the lamb Deus. All right, and welcoming in, as he says in his words, the good brother, brother, Nick Deus, also known as the Lamb from the Veterans Minimum Podcast. What's good, bro? What up, what up, what up, guys? How are you? 
you know, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to be on, be across the mic from from the lamb. That's right. We, this always. Is, this is where we've had our best battles across the mics. <laughs> yeah, you know where uh, Tim and I have not had good battles. They've been pretty lopsided. Uh oh. When Tim runs into the dirty lambs in the fantasy playoffs. Oh, motherfucker! <laughs> I, 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 yo, I was I was thinking to myself today. So I, I I was like Nick, come on the podcast because so you guys know he's gonna explain the, the difference between DFS and yearly and the strategy. And I was like, man, how many seconds before he mentions that he beat me last year in the fantasy championship? <laughs> and it, it was like what eleven? <laughs> I had well, not only I hold had on, the, hold on, I had the uh, under, uh, the under hit. Don't discredit me. I've beaten you twice. Twice, you're right. Times. Two in a row. Back to back. I'm your kryptonite, bro. It's Damn, right. bro. I forgot about it's that. It's your lack of skill, Tim. For those who uh, weren't VM listeners at the time of this happening, one of the best trolls for sure that I ever got was Nick scored 138 points on me to win a championship, and for Christmas he he printed out the final score laminated it, put it in a envelope, folded it up with exactly $1.38 for my birthday. That was my birthday present. Do you still have it? I still have it, yes. Solid. Good work, yo, Nick. So Good work. I, um, you, you're the one that, that inspires me to do better, Nick. Yo, listen. <laughs> I So I won the yearly league with, with my friends, the MFA league, and I won it back-to-back. -back, and I did uh, – you guys remember the Michael Jordan – Maybe it's my fault parody yes. when LeBron when LeBron first went to Miami and they lost and he did the the Jordan commercial. Maybe it's my fault. I shot a I shot a fantasy video about that. And my friends were not happy. <laughs> you should release that. Let the public see. I, I did. I did, man. Where's it at? You got to take it out. Yeah. Go to go to my Instagram. Cheap plug at the Lamb Show. You'll see it. <laughs> How did I miss that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't use Instagram, so that's that's pretty, why I missed it. It's pretty funny. So um, we have obviously some business to talk about. Um, before we get into the DFS, uh, the difference between yearly and DFS, Nick, you're a Giants fan. You've been a Giants fan your whole life. Die hard. Once, once said that uh, Eli Manning would be the only person you'd let your wife sleep with in the world. So it's like that. So what do you think about the hire? Joe Judge, offensive co special teams coordinator for the Patriots for seven years. One year wide receiver coach as well. Uh, coming on now, a lot of people are saying some not great things about it. Um, but you know, Michael has a great point. He he mentioned, dude, the Patriots. He's been the special teams coordinator for the Patriots for seven years. He was at Alabama before that. He's a winner. What's your take on Joe Judge? Uh, I don't have a take. Mm. I I don't know much about him, so I'm not going to make a premature take. You know, I think a lot of people when it's a no name like that. And he wasn't a hot coach. Dude, I didn't know. I'll be honest with you guys. I didn't know his name until a week ago when it first surfaced as him being a potential coaching candidate. I think for that many was like 99% of the world, honestly. Yeah, except yeah, like the and in, then insiders. because it's an unknown, people just go and they criticize it. And, you know, it is what it is. That's just the life we live in now. Uh, I, I just watched his press conference. Look, the bar is set very low. Right. I, I used to get super emotional about the Giants when I knew they were good and they were not exceeding expectations. <laughs> They're not good. They in the last three years since 2017, this accounts for an 0 and 16 season for the Cleveland Browns. The New York Giants, the one the once historic uh, model franchise in sports has the worst record in all of professional football. Wow. They've lost the Yuck. most amount of games since 2017 and that factors in an wow. 0 and 7 0 and 16 season so the bar is very low can we get a coach to stay on board for more than two years is my only request because you can't win in this league having constant turnover year in year out and if you look at some of the coaches now in the playoffs bill o'brien been there five plus years uh john harbaugh kyle shanahan now finally had a team where he didn't have to go to a third string quarterback um you know, Andy Reid in Kansas City. The list goes on and on. Pete Carroll. You know, you have guys Doug Peterson that, even with the Eagles. Right, right. You guys have people in place that have been there for a while. So that's what I would like for for the Giants. Even Mike Zimmer, too. He's been with Minnesota for a while. Yeah. I just don't get why so many people are shitting on this dude as if they have any idea what to expect. Like, everywhere he's got Alabama winner, New England winner. Sure, obviously, Brady, Belichick, all that. But they have one of the best special teams 
like they were probably top three special teams unit each of the last ten years or so. Michael Slater is a perennial pro. Matthew bowler. Slater. Matthew Slater. Classic sorry. Tim messing up names. I mean, Michael Slater's a surfer, and you know I'm the waiver rider, so you know you know how that goes. Michael Slater's a surfer. Yeah. I have no idea who Michael Slater Kelly is. Kelly Slater. Kelly bro. Slater. Who the fuck Holy is Michael moly. Slater? Goodness is there a Michael it. Slater out there? Probably not, man. <laughs> I'm gonna Actually, Google probably right yes, because it's a common name, but Michael, not famous. Slater into Google. But yeah, if I'm a Giants fan, I mean, Giants fans were also hyped about Ben McAdoo when they got him as the head coach. So it's like, all because you don't know him doesn't mean you should be super upset about it. Michael Slater, Australian television presenter. He presents the Cricketeers Championship. So basically a mix between surfer and football player. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, uh, what about Mike McCarthy going to the hated Dallas Cowboys? Um, Mike McCarthy, Michael mentioned this before, spent the year f- trying to fix his flaws. He knew that he kind of got outdated, and he went in- into the PFF offices, got up to date on what is going on in today's NFL. Um, do you think Mike McCarthy was the right hire with the Cowboys? So, I, I think he's, I think he's going to be fine for Dak. I think it's a nice move if you want Dak. Um, you know, when you look at a guy like McCarthy, was it McCarthy or was it Rodgers? Right? I'm always a little skeptical when it's a guy that has such a all time kind of quarterback that pulls the strings for him. So I'm a little hesitant there, but. He's an adult, right? Like, he's a guy that can bring some stability to that franchise where he can – I think he could get them over the hump. I actually like the hire for them. You know, I think the the issue with McCarthy in Green Bay was just that he just overstayed his welcome. Like, eventually, like, your message grows stale and people just got to move on from you. It's the same shit that happened with Mike Coughlin. It, uh, Mike Coughlin, Jesus, Tim, very Tim of me. <laughs> uh, it's the same thing that happened with Tom Coughlin. It was going to happen with John Harbaugh if it wasn't for them going to Lamar Jackson. Like, people forget, going into like November last year, Harbaugh was on the hot seat. Hot, hot, year. hot seat. A lot of them wanted about, him gone. They were talking about him getting fired this offseason. Right. And then, you know, Lamar Jackson steps in and they legitimately changed their entire offense and their franchise. Like, dude, they're, they're going to be good for a while just because – you know, if anyone knows me, how much I value not having to pay your quarterback. And they have this year and then another two years, definitely, where he can't bitch and moan about his contract. And then potentially three more years where if, like, they don't give him that super max kind of deal that they could they can make some moves. So, yeah, it's it, it's fine with McCarthy. Uh, Michael, what's your thoughts? No, I agree. What Nick said, I like McCarthy for the Cowboys. Like he was saying, Jerry Jones just wants the guy who's going to be like the the adult in the room who's going to know how to run and not have any nonsense going on. And it's awesome that he's been trying to improve his flaws over the past year while he's been out because Mike McCarthy kind of became a joke at the end uh, in his tenure in Green Bay. People Vanilla like, offense is what yeah, people were saying. They were saying this outdated. Guy that, yeah, he's done. And he's constantly trying to improve, which is awesome. You don't see that happen a lot. You don't see – you got guys – you got coaches who – like Jason Garrett, who's done nothing for the last eight years, keeping their job for doing nothing. So – it's cool to see Mike McCarthy actually try to get better. So, I, I mean, the Cowboys have one of the best units you could find right now. It's a joke that they didn't make the playoffs to the Eagles with Greg Ward as their wide receiver one. So I, I, I'd i be excited if I was a Cowboys fan for Mike McCarthy. Jerry Jones mentioned something in the press conference today. He said, they're like, how do you feel about Jason Garrett after firing him and how hard was that? And he's, he goes, um, I've written a check to the Garrett family for 30 of the 32 years I've been with the Cowboys. Like that's a very long relationship. So, um, I just think he's he's also he's old, bro. And I, I you know I hope he lives forever, but he's not going to. That guy needs to win a championship sooner rather than later, and he needs a guy who's done it before. Mike I McCarthy. Thought you, I thought you were talking about McCarthy for a second. No, like, no, no. He's kind of young, right? He's like in his fifties. And then finally, let's get to our last one. Matt Rule. Uh, Matt Rule, the uh, the guy that I kind of wish that the Jets took a chance on. Last year, um, he looks like he's going to be a complete explosion of a new everything in Carolina. Carolina's probably going to start from scratch. How do you feel about Matt Rule, Nick? How do you feel about that hiring? So you got to remember that this dude inherited a really, really bad situation at Baylor, and he got them to 11-3 and this year. And, I mean, they lost in the Sugar Bowl, but... 
you know, they had all their allegations, you know, sex scandals and rape charges and all there and, and Baylor and man, the, the old head coaches uh, escaping me right now, but you know, that guy got let go too, because it was sort of like a Joe paternal kind of thing where it happened under his watch. So he had to be the, I want to say the scapegoat, but he had to be the guy, the fall guy there. Um, Matt Rule, I think it's a little crazy that he's getting $10 million a year as Insane. a coach. Number one. Number two, it's like you see it every year, that that hot college yeah. coach that is wanted by the NFL. He's going to change everything. Right. That's always the thing. I'm surprised that Lincoln Riley didn't go. Um, and, I mean, look, the jury's still out. We don't know what Cleveland is doing. At the moment, Cleveland doesn't have a head coach. So – you know, his ties with Baker Mayfield and whatnot. But I don't know much about Matt Rule. Like, everyone speaks highly of him. He cut, like, a wrestling-type promo in his introduction <laughs> with the Panthers. And, yo, he got he got some weapons to play with. Like, we know about McCaffrey. I love Curtis Samuel. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, that dude is going to have, like, a 1,200-yard season really soon. I'm just constantly waiting for it. But it's, like, injuries and... You know, dude had three different quarterbacks playing this year. And DJ Moore soft, is the truth, too. Right, right. I also have a, a soft spot combat. for years now for Curtis Samuel because he's a PSAL boy from, from New York City. So uh, they do have some, some issues, though, offensive line. Um, I don't think it's smart to give McCaffrey 400-plus touches. Yo, I would trade Every, him if I was them. If there's ever a time you're going to get what? maximum trade value for someone, just t- fucking tear it down and build it back up with a new guy. I'll get Yo, you, know him, you know what's crazy, man? There's this guy on, on Twitter. Um, his name is Sport Sport Track. Sport and then R-A-C. And he does, he projects and uses models to predict what someone's contract is going to be like later down the line. And prior to this season, he said that McCaffrey was going to make $19 million a year and that Barkley would make 17 And coming into the year, I was like, all right, man, that's a little crazy. And then now you look at it, you're like, damn. This dude is a wide receiver one, and he's the best running back in football, arguably. Yeah, yeah somebody's going to give him money. Yeah. And he's face of the franchise caliber, a.k.a. Uh, young white that the rich owners can parade around. He's also knee-deep in Miss Universe, which is always a good thing, too. Always a good thing. Um, yeah. right, I do want to add about Matt Rule, though, real quick. He grew up on Roosevelt Island, guys. He's a New yeah, York guy. New York guy. He was the New York Giants assistant offensive line coach in 2012 before going to Temple, and he didn't even go to New York. Like, Carolina just stole him by giving him that contract. So they obviously have to like him a lot. So I mean, Carolina would have stolen my heart if they gave me $10 million a year, too. So you have to. I mean, if you're a Panthers fan, you kind of have to be excited about it. If they like him this much, then you got to just roll with it. Those of you who know me know that I have the skyline of New York City tattooed around my left leg. If the Panthers gave me $10 million, I would change that to the Carolina skyline so quick, you don't even know. I love you, New York, but I'm sorry. $10 million is $10 million. Does Carolina have a skyline? $70 million. I don't, I don't know. I'll make it into a, something else. Who knows? $10 million? Sign me up. Um, all right. So the real reason why we have Nick on here is he is a DFS professional. Um, this man, I've seen him win thousands on DFS. I've seen it with my own two eyes. So, the question is, I've also seen him win championships in, in Daily Fantasy, so he knows what he's talking about. We don't bring fakeness out here, only the real. So, when looking at DFS, because in my history, I've won my fair share of yearly championships. Obviously, I have a yearly thing. I consider myself a very good yearly player. But with DFS, uh, I don't know. Not really my thing, right? I'm not as good at it. So, I want to know because I, f- I feel like that's a trend. What is the biggest difference when you're preparing for a week for DFS and for yearly, particularly during this time of the year? Because it is the playoffs, right? So there's only really DFS going on unless you're in one of the leagues uh, like we were talking about before, like the the FFPC uh, does like playoff leagues and things of that nature. So unless you're in one of those leagues, you're playing DFS. Uh, On a a game day, Nick, what's your approach if you're playing DFS? So just uh, just a general rule for the difference between yearly and daily fantasy is is night and day. Um, you know, I know many people that are phenomenal uh, yearly players, Tim, for example. But like 
daily fantasy is it's a struggle because like you really need to it's really matchup dependent and the prime example that i use is if you take saquon barkley number one overall you're never gonna bench him like ever right if they're playing in tampa bay and tampa's the number one run defense you're never gonna not play barkley like he's a lock i think if you go on like espn or yahoo i don't know if yahoo has this but like espn if you click on Barkley's name, it says can't drop. Like, no matter what, you can't drop Saquon Barkley. So you're, he's never going to come out your lineup, right? You have Julio Jones. You're never going to not play Julio Jones, unless you're me who plays Julio Jones every week, regardless, whether it's daily or yearly. But what I'm trying to say is this. Your first two, three picks in your yearly leagues, they're never going to come out your lineup. Whereas, you know, that matchup where it's Marshawn Lattimore on Julio Jones in the Superdome, I'll probably not play Julio, right? So you have to take a stand on certain players. You have to know where ownership is going to be. And there's about four or five voices in the industry that kind of dictate where the ownership's going to be. Um, your your guys' best friend, Evan Silva, uh, he's a guy that dictates ownership. Um, guys like some of the PFF guys, um, you know, Peter Jennings, Adam Levitan, Al Smizzle, those guys, they all dictate the ownership. You know, based on who they talk about, you'll know that they'll be high-owned or whatnot. And then it's all about leverage, right? Like, you know, you look at it. Let's just use this week as an example, right? Houston, Kansas City, the over-under is a 51 game total. The weather's supposed to be nice and casey. Probably going to have a lot of ownership in that game. You have some big names there. You have Watson. You have Mahomes. You got the wide receivers and the weapons. One thing to get leverage on the field is everyone's going to want the passing game. Maybe you play a Damian Williams. Maybe you play a Carlos Hyde to get leverage off the passing game. So it's a lot of understanding ownership, understanding matchups, and who you can gain leverage off the field. When talking about the prices of these guys... One of the things that I always struggle with, I feel like, is how do I know that I'm going to get a good return? Like, how do I know that Marlon Mack is worth $7,400? How do I know that Curtis Samuel is worth 77000 You know, how do I know for sure that if they do good and they do what I think they're going to, if that's a good value at what I'm picking at? Like, what's your basic rule on, like, how you do, like, salaries and how you set up the the whole like how you use your money kind of that you have the budget so it, it always does vary especially now where both sites have flex options um i'm a little old school where i want my flex to be a running back because it's just more touches right um so as far as like the money goes you need to understand first of all over time you realize that like all right if this guy's eight thousand um I'm going to need a certain amount of points. And what I like to do is it's 2X, 3X, 4X. And what I mean by that is every $500 of a player's salary, they should get you one point. So, for example, Christian McCaffrey is $10,000, uh, $10, which he was for the majority of the season. If you play Christian McCaffrey and he gets you 12 points, that's horrible. Yeah, horrible. He doesn't meet value, right? Value is 2X. So... 10,000 is his salary. You need 20 points minimum for that to be not a wasteful pick. And then anything over 3x, so if he gives you 30 plus points, that's like exceptional. We'll probably have the the flame next to his name. And then it varies, you know, like uh, you you take a tight end and he's 2500 the minimum on DraftKings. If he gives you 10 points, that's sensational. That's like 5x. No, it's 4x which is crazy. But a lot of times people see that and they're like, oh, your tight end only gave you 12 points, bro. It's like, dude, he was 2,500. Like, give me that all the time. You know, you have a wide receiver. He's 4,800. He gives you 17 points. You're like, damn, that's amazing. But then you'll have situations where you pay 8,000 for a wide receiver. He gives you four points. It's like, well, you're going to need a lot of shit to happen to make up for that deficit. I want to ask you about ownership percentages because – Unless you're marrying The Bachelor and putting in 300 entries, you're probably not going to win the Millie Maker. So how do you know when your lineup is, like, too chalky or when you're being too cute about it? Like, do you have, like, a certain threshold where you try to keep, like, only two chalky guys or three guys who are super boomer bust? 
Because it seems like all these guys are like, oh, don't be too chalky. And then there's people put in lineups that I laugh at that are just all boomer bust guys that end with like 35 points. And they're like, but if they all hit, I would have won. So how do you try to decipher that? So one thing to note, anytime Tim does a waiver wave video, expect those guys to be high owned. There's always a direct correlation between who the hot waiver wire pick is and what their ownership's going to be in 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 daily fantasy because a lot of Bars. times, right? Uh, a lot of times, Saquon Barkley pulls a hamstring. Tim is like, "Yo, week four, gotta get Wayne Gallman." It's like, "Yeah, Wayne Gallman's forty five hundred. He's gonna be a bell cow back. Probably get twenty five plus touches. Expect him to be like fifty percent owned, right?" So waiver wire is one way to identify it. Two, another way, like I said before, if people are talking them up, right? Like you have a situation where everyone that was playing the the Cincinnati Bengals this year was going like RB1 was like the floor for it. Like they were putting up 25 plus points. So like certain matchups like Tampa Bay, if you if you had a quarterback going up against Tampa Bay, you're like, all right, this guy's going to put up 30 points or whatnot. It, it's the matchups. It's, again, just following on social media. If you play daily fantasy and you don't follow beat writers or follow people in the industry, you're drawing dead, to use a poker term. And also, like, to answer your question, Mike, in particular about um, ownership and, like, uh, whether or not you should play a lot of chalky guys and whatnot, like, there's a term good chalk and bad chalk, right? Like, good chalk is a guy, like, remember – Week 16, it was the Mike Boone versus Dwayne Washington debate, right? Dwayne Washington that week was 4,800, but he was in line for a starting running back role. And it's like, that's good chalk. He's going to be 40% owned, but he's basically free and you have to play him, right? Gio Bernard, a couple of years ago, he was like the stone minimum. Joe Mixon got ruled out on like a Monday night football game. And a lot of people don't realize this, the salaries for the week, that's coming up, get released like Sunday night football. So a lot of times a guy will go off on Monday night football and you'll get him at a discount, right? Darius Slayton goes off on Monday night football. He's the cheapest wide receiver on the Giants that next week. What happens? He's 70% owned. So it's just understanding. And that just comes with like time and time of playing it. And chalk, chalk sometimes is good. I've seen many, anytime you see lineups like 280 points, that means that all the chalk hit. So, last question before I let you go, because you have to—I know you have to record after this. Um, let's say the people listening here. This is a yearly show, so maybe they're not into DFS. If you want to give someone some advice on how to start winning some money on DFS, um, right off the bat, what would you do? Like, which tournaments do you play in? Uh, what would you do to like get your feet wet in the game? Yeah, I'll be completely honest with you guys. It's probably the worst time to get into daily fantasy now. The game ain't the same. Really? Yeah, it's uh it's it's not even being salty. Like I, I I had a really good year this year, but I didn't win anything crazy because again, no one dumps more money in live qualifiers than I do. Um and it, it's it's a killer to your bankroll, right? It's you know, ten thousand people in a contest, it's twenty five dollar entry, for example. First place is the live final, second place is like twenty bucks. So it's like if you don't come in first you're not winning anything. Yeah. Um, there's too many. Uh, you mentioned the the DraftKings scandal, right? The chick on The Bachelor, the 300 lineups thing. She still hasn't been paid out by DraftKings for the Millie Maker, by the way. Yeah, crazy. Which is, I think, is crazy because you have guys like Chipotle Attic and Big Papa Gates, which if you, if, even if you're a casual daily fantasy player, you know those names. And those guys are brothers, which a lot of people don't know. They were professional poker players, the Crowley brothers, and they line up share. They've said it. So it's like they they exploited a loophole, yo, and like these dudes have won millions of dollars and no one seems to bitch and moan about it. So just pay this chick her money and and that's it and move on. Dude, I'm with you. I'm so aggravated about it. Like, oh, she won. She was on The Bachelor or whatever, so now she doesn't get her money. Meanwhile, you look at the Millie Maker, the top 12 of the top 15 people have a roto grinder symbol as their icon and that's okay. Like, dude, you come hear, on. Yo, you hear it on the podcast. They're like, "Yeah, you know, I sent I said head chopper my lineup and we were looking over. It. It's like, I mean, you're saying it on your airways. Like it's it's the most 
it's it's the biggest un- like hidden secret in daily fantasy. Like these dudes always line up share. Yeah, for so for those who don't know what lineup share is, is like what do they, what do they do? They they stack the most people. Like, nah, lineup sharing would be just like give yo. Each other lineups. Me, yeah, me, me, you, and Mike all have the same lineup, and we just run it in mad contest. And we'll be like, yo, Tim, you're gonna enter the Wildcat. Mike, you're gonna enter the Millie Maker. I'm gonna enter this thing, and we just run the same lineup. And that's just it. Or, or we find the core where we're like, yo, we love these six guys. Dude, I line up share with Danny and Josh in my DFS chat. Like, we never enter the same thing, but we're like, yo, this is my core. What's your core? All right, cool. Maybe, all right, let's go Emmanuel Sanders instead of this guy. Like, that's lineup sharing. Yeah. That, that's been that's been happening for years now. And also, like, the shit with the optimizers. Like, all these websites have these optimizers where you literally just click optimize and it spits out a lineup for you based on people's projections. Which is also lame, but hey, some people just want to win money. I like the challenge of trying to beat people on my own. Facts. I've never bought anyone's packages, and I never used an optimizer. I like the I like the grind of building it on my own. And if it wasn't for me playing the qualifiers, I would have had a way better year. But I know I, I rambled a lot. To answer your question, the best approach to build your bankroll is double ups. Half the field gets paid out. Where tournaments, it's about eight percent. Sometimes, if you're lucky, maybe in the eighteen percent of the field gets paid but also those things are just like the lotto like they're so top heavy the millie maker is a million dollars the first second place is a hundred thousand like imagine mike comes in second in the millie maker by like 0.1 points he's gonna be hyped but he's gonna be sick i mean i'll take the 100k but but still i feel you you say that now (laughs) trust me dude yo i lost i lost i lost seven thousand dollars one time uh matt ryan Shout out to Tim. Kneeled the ball down at the end of the game and lost 0.6 yards. 0.6 points. And I went from first to second, from 15 to $8,000. And I was furious. What a joke. That's because just the it's worst. Different, it's different when you see it at that margin after the fact. right? Before the fact, you're like, dude, I'd sign up for $500 right now. Yeah. But when you're that close and it's you're like, uh, oh, my God, it was, it was one yard. It, it, it just hits different. Nick, always a pleasure, brother. Thank you so much for uh, giving. I, I like doing head-to-heads, too. That That's where my DFS success had come, in head-to-heads. Like, I just got to be one guy. I could do that. No problem. Yeah, yeah. also also with head-to-heads, um, you can, if you recognize the, the pros' names and you avoid them, dude, you can, make a, you can make a killing on that. They also have, like, the experienced player symbol. Just avoid those guys, too, if you really want to. Yeah. Um, Nick, tell the people where to find you if they want to hear more. Man, the best approach would be to find me on the Mount Rushmore of fantasy football players. <laughs> <number one. laughs> but also just uh, just to make it just to make it easy, man. Just at the Lamb Show, um, there's constant information. Uh, I'm I don't know if I'm spreading myself too thin, but um, I'm everywhere. So just find me at the Lamb Show, all social media outlets, and then you'll find all the shit that I'm doing. Bang bang, easy enough. Brother, brother, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure talking to you, man. Fellas, anytime, just let me know. All right, later. Thanks, Nick, again for being on. So for those who don't know, I used to be on the show that he now is on by himself at uh, Veterans Minimum. Go give that a follow. Go give it a listen. At Veterans Minimum um, is where you'll find it. I worked hard on that for four years, and Nick is carrying the brand with him because I've chosen the path of Brodo, and he's chosen the path of Veterans Minimum, and I wish him very well. So um, shout-out to Nick, and I hope he brings, brings it to the moon. And... Uh, so go help him out. Go give him a follow at Veterans Minimum. Um, and go check out the the podcast. But down to business. You ready, Michael? Let's do it. Vikings at the 49ers. The Vikings. Not a lot of people would have thought they'd be here. Uh, I think the matchup that we we're all expecting in this week was Saints at Packers. I think that's something that we expected. But now everything turned on his head because Minnesota won the game. San Francisco is going to be facing off against Minnesota. Minnesota's defense looked very good against um, Sean Payton. I think one of the main reasons why they won that game was first time of possession. They held the ball for like 37 minutes, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And second, um, Sean Payton got outcoached. And it's not every day that you can say Sean Payton got outcoached. So let's start with the San Francisco offense and how they're going to go at these this Minnesota defense. Um, George Kittle is obviously the dude that is going to be the focus. Um, he's the best tight end in the league, so obviously the best tight end left in the league. Um, but 
if you look at the tight end landscape, it's there's some good ones. I mean, Mark Andrews, um, Travis Kelsey, obviously. But besides, uh, I mean, maybe Jacob Hollister. Besides that, if you're playing tight ends this weekend, you're probably looking at Kittle if you're trying to spend money on tight end. Yeah. So what do you? How do you think he fares against this Minnesota defense? I'm perfectly fine with Kittle, but I mean, you got to think. Look, Mike Zimmer. First off, I don't think anyone expected the Saints. I don't know, like, not only did they lose to the Vikings, but like, Drew Brees sucked. Yeah, it was so strange. But that's like Mike Zimmer taking his defense. We thought Michael Thomas was going to be huge against Xavier. All roads lead to the end zone. And he shut him down. Only seven for seventy, which it's crazy that that's, that's shutting, shutting him down. down Mike Thomas. That's absolutely sure. shutting him down. That's yeah. that's one of his worst games of the season, and that's what Mike Zimmer I expect is going to do to George Kittle. Try to lock down their top weapon because he is by far their top weapon at the moment. So it's gonna. I am a little weary of trusting Kittle this week, but I mean he is the number one option. They do have a buy. It's a Kyle Shanahan offense. So sure. There's a little bit of skepticism, but it's George Kittle. So for me, man, I mean, just Nick was just talking about three x, four x, two x. I don't see how Kittle does that. Minnesota, number one in DVOA against the tight end this year. I know that. I know he's not uh, your average tight end. You know how Jason? They're gonna lock in on him though. They're gonna lock in on him. Jason always talks about tight end matchups and things of that sort. Yeah. How they're they're tough to correlate and predict. They are. But number one speaks volumes. It does. I mean, That's why he, it's a little skeptical, I mean, but it's off a of bye week. We mentioned last they week. They just played an overtime game against the Saints, going on the road again. It's tough. Yeah, and, and history says that these home teams usually win. Jared Cook had a decent game last week, 5 for 54. You know, not good. But considering what the Saints did on offense, that's a pretty decent game. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, he's he's George Kittle. So, if you're playing him, you're expecting big things. Yeah. Um, but there are some guys in this team that if you're playing, you're probably playing them at a value. And one of those guys that is is the wide receivers. Let's talk about these wide receivers. We have Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel. Um, those are the two guys you're basically playing from this squad. What are the odds that these guys put up big games? Xavier Rhodes played way over what he's played at in terms of potential wides this season. Uh, we know Kendrick Bourne has stole some touchdowns, but you're not playing him. So what do you see out of Sandals, Samuels and Sanders? That's Sa- a, Sandals. That's a... Sandals. Sandals, Jamaica? <laughs> Sandals. That's a tongue twister. Cut five times fast. Samuel Sanders. Samuel Sanders, Samuel Sanders, Samuel Sanders. Need I go on? It's not Yes, difficult. you do need to Samuel go on. Sanders, Samuel Sanders, Samuel Sanders, Samuel Sanders, Samuel Sanders. That wasn't very difficult at all. You're an alien. That, it is. Do it at home. Ready? Go. We can't hear you. Yeah. We pause. <laughs> Samuel Sanders, 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 Samuel but, yeah, I know the Minnesota Vikings defense just shut down the Saints. But, look, they're going to have to stop George Kittle. Xavier Rhodes has been terrible. So has Trey Waynes. Xavier Rhodes even left the game for a little bit last week with an injury. I'm perfectly fine firing up Debo Samuel this week. I think he has a ton of upside, actually. Emmanuel Sanders I'm more iffy about because he's been so damn up and down the entire season. He'll go for 101 and then go one for eight. Yeah. So he's very risky. But Debo Samuel I like a lot in this game. High risk, high reward when it comes to that. Um, let's talk about the the backfield because this backfield looked like it was defined. And then Raheem Mostert came along. And it's been Raheem Mostert's backfield since then. And you're talking about a guy who ended the season on a six-game touchdown streak. He scored a touchdown in every game against Green Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans, Atlanta, the Rams, and Seattle. Those are good rush defenses. Um in general, Minnesota, also a good rush defense. So how do you feel about Raheem Mostert? I expect it to continue. You do? The touchdown streak. Look, man, I'm just going to – they played an overtime game in New Orleans and now have to fly to play the number one seed San Francisco 49ers off a bye. Like, it's a very tough task. And <coughs> – excuse me. <laughs> Michael's a little sick too, guys. He's Dude, I just it. got a random cough last night. It's super frustrating. You're getting over cough. a cold though. That's yeah, what... but I hate coughing. 
Yeah, but that's what you like. What you need to do is like go real deep inside you, get all that phlegm, and no, spit it out. No, you're disgusting when you have a cough. I'm disgusting, but I don't cough anymore after like f- six hours. But anyway, Raheem Mostert, I expect him to have a solid day on the ground too. I'm approaching this maybe wrongfully, similarly to how I approached the Saints Vikings game, where I'm all in on the 49ers weapons and I do not like the Vikings. Hmm. So let's go over to the Vikings, but before we do, I have to address this. There's nothing wrong with spitting. What's wrong with it? No, but you like bring up all the fly and I, like spit all into of a bag. And all like, of it. No, I, I mean, all, I only spit into a bag when I'm inside because I don't want to spit into places that people are at. It's gross. courtesy. Carrying like a spit bag is one no, of the No, I don't carry a spit bag, bro. <laughs> the fuck you talking about? I just got to I gotta make you sound very disgusting to the people. I spit into tissue sometimes. Sometimes I spit right into the sink. And I don't like I, I, I don't like myself when I do that. It's gross. not right. It's gross. But guess what happens? I can't imagine you clean it. Coughing, having that phlegm at the at the edge, swallowing it, coughing it up, swallowing it, coughing it up, swallow. I don't even feel like any death. phlegm, dude. That's the most annoying thing. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. You're making my nose get stuffier by the second. No, every time you come in here, it's like you get a it's true. Allergic to the studio. I'm allergic to dust. And the studio is like my mom. My, uh, as you know, the studio is the twins' old bedroom. If you don't know, here yes, it, it is. is. It's a twins' old bedroom in our house. I don't know how two of you slept in here. Tiny room. Yeah. Um, but my mom, because she has no business in here, my dad does music. It's like a studio. My dad does music. We do this. She doesn't really come in here and clean. The rest of the house is clean. This fucking place is dusty because you can't have three, four men. We should dust. We should dust, but we're not gonna. And you know it. We should. You should. You That's live. All. You live around. I have to make a. I have to make a. I mean, we should doesn't mean we need to. It's a should. <laughs> At some point, we will need to. I mean, I need to. I'm Maybe a nice to spring day with the window open, some spring cleaning. That's why now I understand spring cleaning. I just thought of a beautiful spring day, and I didn't even think about spring cleaning until I said it. <laughs> um. Okay, Jimmy Garoppolo. On that note, um, is someone who you would not really be considering playing in. In yearly, but in DFS, you got to consider it. Yeah, uh, he doesn't have a very difficult matchup here against Minnesota, and just going to keep pounding the fact that they're coming off a bye, traveling Minnesota Vikings out, out of an overtime game. So, so you think this could be a big time San Francisco win? I think they're a nine and a half point favorite as well. So Vegas feels the same way. I think it could end up being like a thirty to thirteen win, and it's like Vikings, good story, but it's over now. And then people start shitting on Kirk Cousins again. Kind of similar to what happened to the Vikings last year. Same thing. Yeah. Um, well, two years ago. Uh, well, without Kirk Cousins. Um, let's move over to the sideline. So you say, you're you saying you don't have anyone. Dalvin Cook was an absolute Cook. monster. Okay, Dalvin, so Dalvin Cook, Cook I'm okay is, playing. Okay. Just because he's one of the best there is. San Francisco, though. San Francisco gave up the second highest QB rate, uh, QBR to quarterbacks outside of the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers are the only one the second half of the season. That is a beatable pass defense. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they no longer ran the ball with the same ferocity that they did earlier in the year. But if Minnesota can establish the run, like hard, like they did against the Saints, and then pass off play action, I don't know. I think Minnesota, it's it's a long shot, but I think Minnesota might have a shot to make this a game. Dalvin Cook had 80-something rushing yards at half last week against New Orleans, and that was the most they've given up in any game all season. So, I mean, that's what Dalvin Cook has been doing. This and he's year, been though. resting for two weeks, yeah. Dalvin Cook. So he's fresh as a fucking whistle. Yeah. I'm okay with him. I just don't like anyone else. Adam Thielen out of nowhere gets a cut on his leg and might miss the game. Well, nah. He said he's going to play. He says the playoffs, I'm wrapping it up, I'm good. Yeah. Dude, you're going to miss a game because you lacerated your leg. I mean, the laceration could be hard, of course, bro. Stitch it up. Put on a Band-Aid. Yo, Come on. I think you're underestimating what this is. How, do you, how, how bad could you cut your leg during practice? What kind of question is that? You could, you could cut it really bad. Yeah, and then you stitch it up, and then you're like... You stitch it, but there's also like... You, cortisone shot that shit so you don't feel it during game day. Well, if you it's the playoffs really hard, that shit could have cut open. It can. I mean, Zachert's played with a partially lacerated spleen. I mean, like I said, though, he's going to play. I don't know how this conversation got to me arguing against him playing. Just tell him to man up. Yo, I think, I think you're talking from a fucking chair. I am. And you shouldn't. I would do that. No, you wouldn't. I would absolutely play if I'll I t- cut my leg. Yeah, let me tell you a story, though. Michael hurt his ankle first game of the season. Played played through the whole season with a bum ankle. Yeah, my ankle is fucked up. You need to work on that thing. It's not going to get better by no, itself. No, it feels better now. It's I'm telling and you, now it's I'll worse. Start, now I'll start working on it. Will you really? I will. Yes. On air, you're telling me you'll join me. Yes. 
in working on it. Yes. I tried to do this with you, and you were like, I'm done after six minutes. Because the first time. Yeah, that was before I hurt my ankle. I'm not trying to hurt my ankle again. All right. This is making me happy. Spend some quality bro Especially because I heard it and I didn't like go to a doctor or anything. I just kind of let it heal on its own. Come so I don't me. know what's going on in there. My brother-in-law <laughs> is a is a body movement specialist. So like a personal trainer on steroids. Uh, and I mean, uh, and, a, and, a, and a physical therapist and a personal trainer all combined into one. Plus he's into like... He's not actually on steroids. Spirits and shit. No, he's not. The opposite. He doesn't lift any weights. Dude's jacked. It's kind of that kind of guy. And he he fixed me. Bro, I had the worst ankles in the world. The worst. I broke both of them twice during a kid. He told me that my ankles... During were, a kid? When I was a kid. He told me that he was speaking to my ankles and that they yelled at him that they wanted help and they were suffering. It's a little strange thing to say, but I dig it. I mean, honestly, if you were in that situation, you would be like, yes, this makes sense to me. And if you knew him. He's that kind of dude. It's true. He speaks to ankles. It's true. Um, can you speak to the ankles of Stefan Diggs and Adam? San Fran's a negative seven, actually. So, seven point favorite. Yeah, <laughs> negative seven. Um, well, that's the line. Diggs Minus is also seven. sick. Speaking of the Jasonitis, he has that. I mean, all right, man up too. Take some Nyquil or Dayquil so you don't get drowsy and get out there. I'm just gonna be mean today, Tim. Kyle Rudolph also. Um, Kyle Rudolph is also. In this game, um, but San Francisco is the second best in DVO against tight end. And you did say that that's that that's not predictive, but I will say this: Adam Thielen is back, and Kyle Rudolph's really not effective with Adam Thielen on the field. On top of that, um, they play in a division with Jacob Hollister, um, Tyler Higby, and Carl Ever- Kyle, Carl Everett, who got Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett, excuse me, Carl Everett. Who's Carl Everett? The, the, the old fucking, baseball player. The baseball player. Yeah. Holy shit! That broke up Mike Mussina's. No hitter with two outs and bottom of the eighth. I was watching that live. Shout out Carl Everett. Shout out Carl Everett. He had the ill batting stance. Me and Jay were at a Mets game for a no hitter. Nice. Which one? The Giants threw a no hitter like some no name dude. Oh, nice. At the end, we were rooting for it. I was like, I want to see a no hitter in person. I mean, of yeah. course. You, you're hell I don't yeah. even remember his name. I think it was like a Hanson or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. It's just like a no one. He He's not even in the league anymore. Dope. Yeah. It's fire. Um, I don't know where I was going. You made me forget about it. Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, yeah he's a iffy play. He needs to find the end zone again. Right when he lined up on the outside and third and goal last week, I was like, they're throwing a fade to Kyle Rudolph. He's like seven inches taller than that dude. Yeah, he pushed off a bit, but game's over. Vikings won. But that's what you have Kirk. to you have to bank on a touchdown. Kirk Cousins? No. No, I think I'm telling you, I'm all in on the Niners, yeah. not the Vikings. Um also definitely don't pick up Kyle Rudolph, whoever the fuck that is. Um Titans at Ravens. Piss me off. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's start at the Tennessee side because this is something Michael has been preaching for a long time. Like Tennessee is not just this nice little story who ended up beating the Patriots. They are number one in offense. What was the stats that you put up? Number one in offense. Number two in in. I think it was Jason who shared it, but he's not here. So, uh, well, Jason then they were number one in total offense, number two in passing offense, number one in rushing offense, and they were beating teams by the largest margin. They were too legit to quit. They were literally the best team in football in the second half of the season once Ryan Tannehill took over. So you have that against the actual best team in football all season. Um, so this is going to be a really interesting matchup. This is my favorite matchup of the weekend. Also, I think a fantasy smorgasbord um, because both of these defenses are good, but both of these defenses are the type of defenses that can be beat by motivated offenses. Um, I think Derrick Henry has himself another great game. So let's start with Derrick Henry. What do you think about him? I think the Titans need to do exactly what they did last week against the Patriots. Just hand the ball off to Derrick Henry over and over and over. I think he ran the ball over 30 times last yes, week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes. And Ryan Tannehill attempted like 12 passes he total. He had 74 yards, and people were killing Ryan Tannehill <laughs> like it was his fault. Like, why would you throw it? you got Derrick Henry breaking off eight yards of carry. Yeah. 34 attempts, 182 yards, and the touchdowns. Shush. Just do that again. Dominance. As long as they keep it tight or a lead, just keep handing the ball off to Derrick Henry. And Ryan Tannehill, his super efficient self— they won a game where A.J. Brown went one reception for two yards. Their leading receiver went one reception for six yards. What? And they won. <laughs> yeah. So, they're, I mean, they they're, need, they're they a solid team, man. The Ravens' offense is way better than the Patriots' offense. Yes, way. So, you, they need to keep to it close. If they don't, then pass. it could get a little iffy, especially with the way their secondary has been playing. If they are expecting pass, it's going to be tough to beat with with the guys they have there. Especially considering, like, you don't see two all-pro corners on the same team in the same year a lot. 
Humphreys and Peters both made the pro the Humphrey. All Stop adding Humphrey, the S. Excuse me. I mean, it's 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 easy to do. Humphrey and Peters both made the All Pro team, not just the Pro Bowl. Like the two best corners in the AFC are them two. They've been great. Yeah. So um, AJ Brown's a rookie. Corey Davis sucks. Uh, what do you expect out of this receiving core? Let's let's put Jonah Smith in there too. I think I'm not touching Corey Davis. You got to be kidding me with that. But AJ Brown is the high risk, high reward guy because he can just go two receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown, or three receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown, or four and a hundred, which he's done multiple times this year. So that's what you have to bank on AJ Brown. You got to hope his over 25 yards per reception status uh, keeps up. Um, what about Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> Very risky play here. You got to hope he uses his legs a little bit, I think, going against Baltimore. Maybe they give him some rollouts and things of that sort, playing off Derrick Henry. But he's he's a. I know he's top five during the end of the season as well, but with the way Baltimore's playing, with the way that offense operates over at Baltimore, they run the ball and they uh, take some time. I, it's tough to trust Ryan Tannehill. I do think this has a shot to end up becoming a, uh, a shootout type game, though, but... More risk than reward, in my opinion, if you're trusting Tannehill. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Ravens, um, surprisingly, mid-range in the league and giving up bombs of over 40 yards or more, uh, 12th in the league. So Use that play action. Um, yeah. Um, in terms of 20, they've given up 47 passes of 20 yards per, or more, which is still top, like bottom third in the league, meaning they're in the top third of the league and stopping it. Um, but not as close at the top as you think. San Francisco 49ers only gave up five. Um, that was number one. And I'm sorry, gave up 34. I'm sorry, that was number one. So in the Ravens, 47. So 13 more. So that's a lot more 40, 20 yard bombs. Five. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, but yeah, just uh, that's that game. Yeah. Holler to boys. Um, let's go on to our next game. Yo, got, yo man, it's kind of hitting me now. We don't have a lot more of these weeks. Going on to your next game, we got like one week left. That's it. The Super Bowl, you don't go on to the next game. No. But you Unless play... you want to talk about the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl DFS. Definitely no. Addicts. If you play Pro Bowl DFS, <laughs> I don't think Nick plays Pro Bowl DFS. Get help. If Nick, if you play a game that Nick doesn't play, get help. <laughs> yeah, he's open about his addiction. <laughs> um, let's go over to Kansas City and Houston. Houston at Kansas City to be specific. Um Houston pulled out a, a game that I don't think a lot of people thought they would pull out as well. I think people assume that the Bills won that game. Yeah, the fact that Buffalo gave up a 16-0 lead midway through the third quarter is just absurd. Like, that's just heartbreaking for Bills fans. We saw them put up some okay performances against a very good defense. Um, on the other side, Kansas City's pass defense has been one of the best in the league in the second half of the season. How do you feel about Hopkins and Stills in this matchup? I know that you are a big proponent of... If Will Fuller doesn't play, Houston is not nearly as effective. Yeah. I mean, they show that against Buffalo, too. So Michael just stood up, and I don't know why. My legs are, like, mad tight. It's freaking me Kinda out. like you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, if Will Fuller returns, which I think he's coming back this week. That's the, the last I heard, <coughs> which Deshaun Watson could really use because his efficiency goes way up with Will Fuller, opens it up more for DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is going to get his, man. KC is good against the outside wide receivers, but DeAndre Hopkins isn't just an outside wide receiver. He's DeAndre Hopkins. So fire him up if you have him because KC is going to put up a ton of points this game. And, I mean, Will Fuller, you really want to trust Will Fuller at this point? No. What if he, he's going to go out there, play one play, catch a 12-yard pass, like, what a start. And he's going to be like, my leg, he's, he's gone. I think he's Laceration. The, he's the guy that you were talking about like in Nick, when you were talking about the chalk thing with Nick. Yeah. That's the type of guy that you're talking about where you have these boomer bust options that could get you a, a team with 37 points. Yeah, if you have 150 lineups, you put him in like eight. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, And if you have 10 lineups, you put him in one yeah. or two. Um, Deshaun Watson, he's going to be one of the more expensive quarterbacks probably in this slate. Um, how do you feel about playing him against the Kansas City's defense again, who's been very good against the pass in the second half of the season? I'm fading him as well. Uh, Houston and Minnesota, other than Dalvin Cook, I'm probably fading everyone from those teams, and maybe uh, DeAndre Hopkins as well, the two super studs, and that's because they're super studs. I don't think the, the other guys are good enough to uh, to make up what they don't do. Michael's but. a big proponent of also, <laughs> like, can't, Kansas City and, or, and 
Baltimore just better than everybody else. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, also, would you play Carl's High, Duke Johnson? No. I'd avoid that backfield. They're super touchdown dependent, and I don't see that happening. Let's go to the other side with Kansas City. Um, this is a defense that you're probably going to want to exploit. They had a good game last week, but that was against the Bills offense that's just not ready for the spotlight quite yet. Um, and they got J.J. Watt back, so they're running on that high. This is not that offense. This is the premier offense in the AFC. Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, uh, Travis Kelsey, Deont- uh, DeAndre Robinson, Demarcus Robinson, excuse me. What do you expect out of these guys, and would you take a chance on playing a guy like Robinson if you need a really cheap option at the end when you're filling out your lineups? Ugh. Eh. I mean, I'd be super. I'd I'd put D. Will, Kelsey, and Mahomes in my lineup, or D. Will, Hill, and Mahomes, or D. Will Hill and Kelsey. Any of those trios, because I think the Chiefs go off. I think Damian Williams. I think Damian Williams is going to be less owned than you think, and he's been great recently. He's been a lot better than people think. Uh, four of the last five games over 100 yards. Excuse me. Uh, three of the last four games over 100 yards total receiving and rushing. He's that guy again. He's the workhorse for Andy Reid, as they wanted him to be in the beginning of the year before he got hurt. So I'm happy firing him up. Travis Kelsey's Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill's Tyreek Hill. And Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. And this is a home game for Andy Reid, the best by coach, uh, excuse me, best head coach after a bye in NFL history, I believe. Yep. Ever. It's just it's everything's just lining up for KC to have a monster game against against Bill O'Brien, who honestly <laughs> the dude is choker. He's a choker. He's a choker. He's a choker. He's a midnight choker. I thought you weren't getting what I was saying. No, I got it. Um, so basically, it's take your chance on playing everyone in this game. Everyone it, except Sammy Watkins. Yeah, <laughs> that's the rule. Don't play Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to our final game of the weekend, the Seahawks at the Packers. This is the Michael Bowl. I'm naming this the Michael Bowl because Michael hates the Seahawks and both the Packers this year. I can't believe one of these two teams are legitimately going to go to the conference. I don't know why you hate the Packers so much. Because they suck. Why would you? What? They don't suck. They're so ridiculously mediocre everywhere. What? Aaron Rodgers is super mediocre at this point. Dude, they got the they have the defensive player of the year maybe on that side. And uh Zedaria Smith. Yeah, sure. But it's not like the rest of their defense is super scary. No, but they have good corners. And I thought the Saints were gonna go in there and destroy them, but the Saints went and lost to Minnesota. That's what they did. And now they get the Seahawks, the second biggest, maybe or the first biggest joke in the league. <laughs> I haven't I can't stand the Seahawks. They're they're another joke team. I mean they have Russell Wilson. Yeah, they hardly beat the Josh McCown, Greg Ward-led Eagles, man. You kidding me? <laughs> they, they're they're running backs, I think, 17 total yards rushing. They can't do that. You're not going to win in a Schottenheimer offense like that. Dude, it's like that. so whack that the Eagles got to the champions, to the playoffs. Yeah. I wanted Josh McCown to win so bad. He saw he was crying after. Yeah, I saw that. His first he's ever the fucking man, playoff bro. game. He's the man. At like 40 years old. He also. has a soft spot in my heart. For Dude, Josh he's McCown. a high school coach. Yeah. He flies... Coaches the game on Thursday night, I think, and then flies back to Philly. Absurd. And you're a boss. When a you're a boss, guy. you could do boss things. Yeah. Um, the Cowboys would have at least gave it a fucking shot, yeah. you know. Um, but let's uh, let's start with the Green Bay offense. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is not your favorite guy. So let's go to the other Aaron, Aaron Jones. Uh, this is a guy who I called a headache. Uh, in our Brodo Awards episode, by the way, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. If you want to see who won the awards, the nomination special is up now. Um, but, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Aaron Jones guy in this game. I think he's going to have himself a good game. Seattle's run defense is not the greatest. Um, I think he scores a touchdown or two. Um, Sure. I would put him in every lineup that I have. I, I want to talk about Russell Wilson real quick, though. because Can you wait till we get to Seattle? I just – he's been so bad – in Lambo, do you know how bad he's been in Lambo? Michael, you really you, you you're fucking up my vibe. I really want to talk about Russell Wilson. I, I, all right, let me start again. Because Russell hold Wilson, on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start with Seattle. That was Russell solid, Wilson. That was a solid rewind. One voice. of the best things I do is a rewind voice and a fast forward voice as well. <laughs> all right, so let's let's go to uh, Seattle. Uh, let's talk about Russell Wilson. How bad he's been in Lambo? In Lambo. He's played three games there. He's 0-3. 
a 57% completion percentage, 201 passing yards a game, three touchdowns, six interceptions. Talking about Russell Wilson. Yeah. One of the least turnover-prone QBs in the league, and he has been absolutely brutal the three times he's gone to Lambeau. And that's against a defense that's not nearly as good as this one. Against a defense that I'm shitting on the Packers, but I expect them to get destroyed by the Saints, not the Seahawks. I think they're going to beat the Seahawks. And they need to ride Russell Wilson. Their running backs are a joke. Marshawn Lynch looks like he's 112. Yeah, but I watch him run and I laugh. I mean... Homer. No one knew who he was until three weeks ago. I mean, Marshawn... And it's a Schottenheimer offense. I make fun of Schottenheimer offenses 24-7. That you do. It's just a really bad mix going into Lambeau for Russell Wilson. And now uh, the Packers are going to be able to game plan basically against Russell Wilson solely because you don't have to worry about the running backs. We... We say Chris Carson's better than Rashad Penny, but Rashad Penny's way better than Marshawn Lynch or Travis Homer. So, I mean, those two guys are just not getting it done, and Russell Wilson has struggled mightily there. I don't I don't want to trust the Seahawks in this game. Even though DK Metcalf coming out party was awesome, though. Do you trust him in this game? Michael Salfino of The Athletic. Um, it's behind the paywall, so if you're not an Athletic subscriber, you cannot read the article I'm talking about. But he... Uh, wrote an article about how breakout games in the playoffs correlate to fantasy success the next year to see if it matters. Because you know how some people are just like, oh, whatever, it was the playoffs, it doesn't count. And it actually matters for wide receivers. Tell so, it to Sonny Michelle. So DK, not running backs. It's actually worse hmm. for running backs. Interesting. So receivers, though, DK Metcalf could be an interesting buy next year if this surgeons, resurgence, like not resurgence, he's never surged. Surgeons. If this surgeons You got it right the first continues, time. Yeah. Is that a thing? Surgeons? It is now. Fuck it. Yeah, we know what we're talking about, right? Yeah, DK Metcalf, I'm cool with trusting. Tyler Lockett. No. Dude, not for me what? anymore. Like, He's a guy that's going to give you 3 or 30. And I, I watched that entire game, and I was like, yo, DK Metcalf is just a monster. And Tyler Lockett's like this little dude who's fast. Yeah. I'm trusting the monster. <laughs> <laughs> I trust in the monster. All right, I feel like we might have already started this conversation. Um, I don't know. I'm getting deja vu. Aaron Jones. Packers time. Aaron Jones. How do you feel about Aaron Jones? Jones? He's my favorite play of the weekend. I think I'm having I'm owning him all over the place when I'm playing. Like I, I love Aaron Jones in this matchup. I think they're gonna ride him. Man, I am very upset that Jamal Williams is returning. I mean, I'm not shout out for him. He's in the playoffs. He's gonna be able to play in a playoff game. Fantasy wise, Aaron Jones alone in that backfield is like twenty five plus points guaranteed. Yeah. <coughs> God bless. <coughs> Excuse me. And now Matt LaFleur was saying how he's so excited to have Jamal Williams back. Because he's such a big part of that offense, and he's such a good pass blocker. So just going to go right back to that 50-50 split, even though Aaron Jones is way better. So that was a little eh for me I didn't take that into consideration, Jones. embarrassingly. <laughs> so, that yeah, that's a little bit... It's it's like a, a warning call if you're going to go all in on him. I, I back up. I back up a little bit off that now because that we've Because we've seen Aaron Jones like have a slower game, like if he has a bad start and then Jamal Williams gets more reps. But I don't expect that to happen against Seattle. I think Aaron Jones is a solid play. I just don't think his ceiling is anywhere near as high as it would be if Jamal Williams was out. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Devontae Adams in this game. Um, Alan Lazard. Jimmy Graham. Maybe Jerome I think Aaron Rodgers is a trap. Okay. I would not play Aaron Rodgers. I think it's going to be more of a running game for Green Bay. Hmm. I'm cool with Adams because he could always just go like 8 for 100, and that's half of the receiving yards for Green Bay total because... They don't really have a number two option. Lazard has stepped up recently, but like MVS, Allison, Jimmy Graham, they're all bums, basically. I would go with Adams. I think Adams scores a touchdown this game, too. <laughs> I think this this wild card weekend, I mean, this divisional weekend has a chance to look a lot like last year's where the home teams are all won last year. I think that the Niners, Chiefs, and Packers are all, I would be shocked if they lost. Titans are a very good team. It's, it sucks if they got the Ravens. Interesting. Or it sucks they got the, if they got the Chiefs. Now, I'd be most shocked if uh, KC lost, I think, to Houston. Yeah, I think in, in, in order of my shock, like rankings, I would be shocked KC to Houston and then Seahawks to the Packers and then the Vikings. No, I'd say Vikings to the Niners. I wouldn't Seahawks be shocked if Seahawks beat the Packers because they're both overrated teams. I wouldn't be shocked if the Vikings, if the Vikings can control the game and control the time of possession like they did last game. And um, if you watch all the the toss plays, the toss plays are working like crazy. And, f- I mean, the 49ers. Not at the goal line. 
Jeez Louise. Twice they did it. Oh, no, that was the Saints. No. How am I completely planking on the team that did it two tosses at the goal line? That sucked. But yeah, it was the it was the Vikings. It was the Vikings. But it's because the 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 toss play has been working so well, not in the end zone. Um, but yeah, that's all for us for this episode. We're gonna be coming at you weekly. If you didn't know, if you want two episodes a week, Patreon.com/slash/BrotoFantasy. Jason's not here, but this week we are going to be doing the Patreon. The Patreon exclusive will be <coughs> revealing the winners of the voting, the winners of the Brody Awards. Woo. Um, the fantasy championship TM. awards. So um, yeah, hashtag uh, TM. No. Trademark. I, was, I thought you. Oh, I thought you meant like Tim Michael. No trademark. Oh, trademark that too. Works too. That also works. Yeah. You know, we're out here. Um, Brodo fantasy. New handles for us. Oh um, wait, bro. <laughs> BrotoFantasy.com uh, for everything you need. Michael, new handles for us on social Ayo. media. Go follow us. Yeah. I am at Brodo FF Mike. And I will be at Brodo FF Tim. And Jason is at Brodo FF Jason. You see how that all works together? Complete coincidence. We didn't talk about it at all. Yeah, we were like, whoa, how'd that happen? We're like, huh? We didn't plan this at all. Not a little, even a little bit. Crazy. Good luck in your DFS lineups, everyone. We wish you the best. We hope to win more money with you. Shout out to Brodo Merch. Brodo Merch is out. Get your hat. Get your phone case. Get your sweater. Get your cup. Get your dad something. Get a championship sweater. Get whatever you need. BrotoFantasy.com is where you can find it. Until next time. Later. Later.